San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show on any device as it airs. And, of course, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com and Apple Podcasts. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, lecturer, philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Joe. I'm back in town. Yeah. Dolly yeah. Riggs says hi. Yes. I had a good talk, talk with her also. Uh, and and uh, our guest, uh, who we'll get to in a moment, uh, could not make it to the Battle of the Sexes screen that we had. But uh, I did talk with Wes Anson uh, uh, this past week, who was there. And is off to Japan, but uh, he said our panel was, uh, he enjoyed that as much or more than the movie uh, <laughs> after the film. So Good to hear. Yeah. The movie hung in there, number 10 in the box office this weekend. Yep, I saw that. Dropped from number 6 the weekend before. Yeah. Well, it's going to do fine. It'll do well in, in, re, in, you know, in the rental market mm-hmm. and also DVD sales. I'm, I'm sure it'll, it'll do well. But um, in any case, that was great. Val Ziegenfuss, Billy Riggs, his son, uh, and you and I um, did a great job on the panel, I thought. Nice pat on the back. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's not take too much time. We have a VIP guest tonight. I've actually met her a few years ago. She is probably one of the most notable literary agents in San Diego County and beyond. And she also happens to be the chair of the La Jolla Playhouse Board of Trustees. Her name is Margaret McBride. Margaret, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Well, Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure. Pleasure having you. Now, you and I met a few years ago uh, mm-hmm. when I brought the late Midge Costanza to you to see if you wanted to represent her in, in getting her book done. And, of course, Midge had so much going on in her life at the time. I, I, I know you were interested, and she's fascinating. fascinating and we did uh, get a book finally done about her by Doreen Mattingly, which uh, I think I sent you the podcast. That was pretty was good. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But that took seven years of, of Doreen's life, professor over at San Diego State, to get that done. But um, in any case, our paths crossed again and when, uh, I, when Senator Feinstein was in town at an event, and uh, that's when I uh, buttonholed you and, and said, can you come on the show? And you were gracious enough to agree, so glad to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> that was a great night. It um, was. She is my one of my heroes yeah well lady for but you, you know people are making a thing of her age but you know we've had strom thurman and and is it robert richard bird or robert bird i forget which but they were both well into their 90s as senators too so uh you know i don't think age is the issue it should be just no. about issues and things like that but in any case uh your your history is a fascinating one um because i just learned before you know before the show started, and your dad was in charge of publications with the military and all that. So, um, on Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. yeah, which shows how it got into your DNA. But uh, tell us about your child, born and raised where? And, uh, and I was born in Western Massachusetts, but since my father was in the military, we traveled all over the country. I mean, up and down the East Coast, and mm-hmm. uh, then we also went to Naples, Italy for four years, and then my high school years were spent in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Now, what high school? Was that on the base they had an American yes. high school? Yeah, it was named after an admiral called, and it was William T. Sampson um, 
high school. Now, that's got to be how many kids in the school? That's kind of. I mean, well, my graduating class was the biggest <laughs> class in the history of the school, and we had 23 people. <laughs> so, so were you there during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing. That's um, an amazing time in our country's history. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment because there's an interesting story there. But but as far as the high school goes, how many teachers? I mean, and in the whole school, there only had to be like a, a hundred kids or two hundred kids or probably. Yeah, that was a, the no. teachers there were amazing. I can right? imagine because they had to teach everything, right? They couldn't just teach one subject, right? Well, they did. They had different. Um, they had people who were experts in different subjects, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, if. I never could believe that I would be interested in calculus. <laughs> <laughs> but the, my, our math teacher made us, it was so fascinating in math that we um, all signed up to take summer school with him. Really? Within in Cuba, the temperature was like 100 degrees outside. Now, what was it like living in a military base? Uh, what, what ages were you there? Uh, um, through, um, let's see, like four, four, 14, 15 through... Uh, 17. Wow. Mm-hmm. So th- were you able to go off the base much? Because, I mean, Cuba, I mean, obviously... You couldn't go into um, the rest of Cuba, but we could go to places like Puerto Rico and Jamaica. And, and Wow. So you couldn't travel around the Cuba, per se, at the time? Right? No, no. Huh. Now, your, dad, your dad's job with the military was what? He was head of publications um, and communication. Mm. Uh, he, at that point, he was uh, in civil service. I bet he was a little bit intelligence, but maybe you can't talk about it. I don't know. Was he intelligence at all, or probably had some? He's he um, could keep secrets better than anyone ever. All right. Well, we'll just leave. Joe has a lot of conspiracy theories. We'll just leave it to bring out on our show. Well, I'm just saying, you know. Hey, it's a big it's a big Department of Defense, Richard, and a big intelligence community. So whatever tidbits of information one can pick up, yes, very useful. Yes, yes. (laughs) But um, so publication, so mm-hmm. that must have that must have interested you uh, in getting into publishing itself, right? Well, I didn't think of it at the time, but I, I was a real book nerd, mm-hmm. and I used to get in, um, in trouble for reading books all the time because my mom wanted me to take care of my little sisters. Uh-huh. So sometimes I would hide under the bed <laughs> with a flashlight <laughs> and read. <laughs> Well, that's not a bad habit to have. <laughs> My God, you could take it with you your whole life. And uh, what the heck? You're only you know filling your brain with more intelligence. So uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, there's that word intelligence again, Richard. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so fascinating. So um, and and getting Richard asked about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we talked a little bit uh, about it before the show. And th- that experience, tell it that was, you had me riveted. Uh, Thank you. I I was I was in uh, Spanish class and. Uh, the um, soldiers with bayonets and, and uh, helmets came to the to our room. We never saw sold the this Marines. Is spring of '61, folks. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. and um, so they told us we had to go. They were very serious and had a tone of voice that told us we were in trouble. And they said you have to go home, pack one suitcase, and be ready to go to uh, parts unknown. And uh, so. I went home. My mom, we had, she had seven daughters, and she told the, she said, pick out what you want to bring. Don't worry about clothes and things like that, but bring your most precious things with you. Then my father came home, and because he had a choice, because he was a um, civ- civilian, he had a choice whether to go with the women and children or stay behind. And he said, um, my job is so central for what, is going to happen here 
that I'm staying behind. Mm. And, and, you know, I was an orphan, and the military took me in, gave me an education, and look where we are now. We had a fabulous life. We've been to so many wonderful places, living in, in Naples, Italy for four years and up and down the East Coast. So I'm staying behind. And um, so I just looked at him like, he's, this man is the biggest hero of, that I've ever heard about. And my mom told us all, uh, I want all of you to say goodbye to your dad. It might be the last time you ever see him. Yeah. And then you start to apologize. So then I go over <laughs> to him. Because it's funny when you, when you think that this is going to be the last moment with your parent, all of a sudden you realize all the things you did to drive them crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was apologizing, crying, and my dad stopped me and he said, Margaret, you've been a wonderful daughter. I apologize to you for all the times I wasn't there for you when I was away on a ship for 10 months. And, wow. and um, so, so it, 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 was a, it was a real awakening for me and probably one of the reasons I was so keen to write with Ken Blanchard a book called The One Minute Apology that was later mm-hmm. changed to... Mm-hmm the fourth secret of the one minute manager. Mm. So, um, but we were on the ship and my mom, another hero, said to all of us, I want you to pick out a young mother, they're 17, 18 years old with their little babies, you go find a mother and take care of that baby. And so we all did, we all found our mothers and after about a day at sea, one of the dryers broke down, or the, all the dryers broke down. So I went to the captain and said, um, I told him what happened, and he said, well, what do you propose we do? And I said, well, um, Captain, I, I propose that we take all the diapers, hang them off the railings and up the flag poles. <laughs> and he looked at me, and for a moment he just stared at me, and he said, um, okay, it's warm enough. I said, I, I think the, dryer, the uh, diapers could di- dry in 15 minutes. He said, okay, on one condition that if we sight an enemy ship, you and all your little friends run around and pick all those diapers <laughs> off. I do not want anyone to think we're, that we are surrendering. We've got to take a little break, though. Run but the I, diaper up the flight. Yeah, but, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel a little musical or a play coming on Margaret. <laughs> so uh, about the cumin, why not? So we'll be back with Margaret McBride, Chair of La Jolla Playhouse Board of Trustees and Literary Agent right after this. All right, we're back with Margaret McBride, Literary Agent and Chair of the La Jolla Playhouse Board of Trustees. And uh, that was such a moving story but, about but Margaret, where, where do they evacuate you to when you... Like we, Norfolk, we, Virginia? We or? went to Norfolk, Norfolk Virginia. Um, okay. We were four and a half days on a ship. Many other people went to Florida and other right. places where there were bases. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. really funny. When we came to the dock, there were all these reporters, and they yelled up, does anyone here speak English? <laughs> <laughs> but now your parents did live long lives. It, it did work out well. And then tell us how they brought you to San Diego, because that must be Well, it. my father retired, um, came out to San Diego. But I had been wanting to come to San Diego. I was living in Riverdale, New York, and I had the San Diego Union subscription really? delivered to my apartment. How did you wow. ever discover Why? San Diego then? Why? Because Well, I, 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 I was working in the publishing business, so I had access to studying about all different cities in uh-huh. the country. 
And I decided San Diego was where I wanted to go next. What year was that then? Oh, that was uh, late Seven, 70s. 70, okay. Yeah, late 70s. And, um, so the newspaper was actually thick then. I know. <laughs> my, all, I, was, I lived on the first floor, and all the neighbors used to complain when I was gone for a few days that they were tripping over the San Diego paper. Yeah. Isn't that so? So did you, you well, must what I, here's, what, here's why I did that. Because I knew I was going to come to San Diego, and I wanted to read as much about it so that when I got here, I'd feel totally comfortable. Sure. Yeah. See, you, when, you're mili- yeah. when you're a military kid, you start trying to, when adapt. you go to the next place, yeah. you want to figure out all the ways that you can adapt yeah. to your new location. I remember the, when I first came out, I, the, kid, I, the kid at the hotel, uh, the, the, the bellhop, I said, what places should I not go in San Diego? He goes, well, I wouldn't go south of Broadway. A cab driver was just shot last <laughs> week. I said, okay, I won't do that. That's when Gaslamp was pretty, you know, mm-hmm. seedy. Those were the days. Yeah. But... Um, so your dad and he retired. What what part of San Diego did he? Uh, they uh, they they found a, a, a place in La Jolla. La Jolla. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then we, so then one by one, all the sisters started <laughs> to come there, and they said we 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 moved here to get away from all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but San Diego has a way. But of the attracting. weather's so nice. Tell them you're coming for the weather. Every, everybody has family that comes out here for, yeah. for trips. And, that, and actually, it's a, a kind of a nice thing because then you kind of rediscover yeah. things you haven't even gone right. to in a while. You know, yeah. uh, whether so I, 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 after I was, supposed, I was here on a vacation for two weeks, and then I started thinking, now, why am I going back to New York? The, I have a fabulous job, but this is so amazing being here. People mm. are so wonderful. So um, I called my um, boss and told him I was re- re- quitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody believed me. Yeah. And I kept my job open for four months. Yeah. Thinking I would come back. Yeah. But that, it was it here. And, well, um, well, let's talk about your, your education and professional path a little bit because you went to school in Virginia. I, w- I went to Old Dominion, but uh-huh. then um, I went to my real school was Random House. Uh, they had a program there in those years where when you had a job, they would have these um, sessions where you were some every department head would spend an hour, hour and a half telling all the newbies what their department was, so that no matter where you worked in the in the in at Random House, you would feel a connection. This is New York City, right? This is New York City. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, I just felt like I was in the Harvard of publishing mm, you, companies. You were. Yeah. Uh, what was your major in, in college? Was it uh, English and, uh, and uh, logic. Oh, really? How about <laughs> that? Did, did you go to Random House right out of college, <laughs> or did you have a couple of other jobs before that? Well, I had, um, I had some, a few jobs working for an advertising okay. agency, but my real goal was to, um, actually, w- when I went to n- New York, I thought I was going to go into acting. Mm. But then I went to acting schools and did a That's few right. auditions. You, yeah, you were in plays a lot in yeah, school. Yeah, right? and all the whole time I was in Guantanamo, I was either in a play or rehearsing for the next one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the New York, you know, that that was a fabulous band of of people. We had um, um, because it was uh, um, people who had um, come from Yale mm. uh, um, drama and. UCLA it film. It attracts the top talent in all fields, right? right? so we had all these phen- phenomenal people to work with. But then when I went to New York, it was, it was, uh, it was not the same kind of feeling, mm. you know? And so I, I remember going to a few auditions, coming home, 
and I just... Well, it's so cutthroat. Huh? I said, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and a lot of other things. <laughs> and and uh, so I, I went to, I said, what else do I like? Mm-hmm. So I went to my bookshelf. I said, oh, my God, I love to read. So I went to all, looked at all the books, and most of them were Random House books. On the jackets, okay. Mm-hmm. So I went to an advert, um, a, um, a employment agency that I was told that, you know, got you into publishing. Mm-hmm. So they had me, gave me a um, typing test, and I ty- typed out 18 words a minute, and they told me, go home and you know, take some Kelly Girls courses <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and come back. And so I walked out of there. I said, well, obviously, they're not going to help me. Mm-hmm. So I went to Random House myself. I went to the, their um, employment. employment department oh, mm-hmm. and tested out and um, and got a job there. Yeah. Three weeks later. You know, you, did you know uh, Ted Geisel, Doctor Seuss at all when he was? You know, it's funny. I'm gonna My job there was right next to his editor. Oh, his, really? Yeah. So you know the story. Well, his editor must have had a fun job. Yeah. So his, the story is, you bear this out. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, he got rejected left and right and left mm-hmm. and right. He was uh, and he couldn't get his children books uh, looked at by mm-hmm. any publisher. Well, he was walking down the street in New York one day, and he bumped into some, I think it was the guy from Random House, mm-hmm. and he said, if I'd been walking on the other side of the street, yes. it never would have happened. Bob Bernstein. Okay. Yeah. Was that the guy who mm-hmm. you were near? Okay. Well, um, he, he was CEO of the, oh, okay. of the company then. But um, Wow, what a gold mine that turned out for them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I would see all these um, po- um, pictures and postcards from Ted Geisel, and then he had this one picture that I never forgot was a picture of... of the view from his house looking yes. all over La Jolla. And in that kind of spurred me yeah. to look at San Diego, too. And did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think someday I'm going to probably meet him Never. or Audrey? And we became friends. Yes. And Audrey. And I met him in 77 at the retirement party. It was a 40 years in broadcasting for Clayton Brace uh, from mm-hmm. Channel 10. He was there. And that was the only time I met him, but uh, I got to meet Audrey later. And of course, we put the plaque up at La Valencia. We put up the plaque at La, La Valencia. At La Valencia. We, we used to um, celebrate her birthday Bo- every Booth year. number three. August 14th. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, they took the booths out. It's, uh, you know, um, of the it's now Cafe La Rue. Yeah, they've changed that. Uh, they've changed the. Um, the plaque is in storage. The booths. It needs to come back yeah. out of storage. <laughs> well, that's because he, he, he and Audrey like to have dinner in that particular booth in the mm-hmm. Whaling Bar for all those years. And. Um, Great stories. I mean, uh, you know, he worked. Uh, he, um, the only uh, he would work on Sundays. That was he said that mm-hmm. I asked him why he worked on Sundays, and he said because that's the only day no one interrupts me. Yeah, to think that he, he worked se- six days a week. To, to appreciate that he not only illustrated but wrote all those books, and sometimes it took him a year, you know, uh, to write oh, yeah. one of those books. Up. And he he uh, always said he w- uh, he wrote the books for adults, not children. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lorax is a good one mm-hmm. in that regard. But um, gosh, so you got to? Did you go to any of those dinners where you had everyone wear the hats and all that? Because used to yeah, as icebreakers, you'd have VIPs at the house, right. but you'd have to wear one of these crazy hats, and and then uh, they would just get fun from there. So. But um, anyway, and you've been up in the studio. I, I got to go up there once in the studio where. He oh, you were lucky, book. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, before the house was remo- you know, mm-hmm. raised and remodeled. Yeah. But anyway, gosh, great, great. How many of his, of his 60, approximately 60 books he wrote about? 
I'd say 54, 55 of them in, in La Jolla, right? Wouldn't you say that's about right? How many books? I think he wrote about 60 oh, books, in yeah. the, but he got her in 46, and I think he already had done a couple. But mm-hmm. um, but I think he did, obviously, the great majority of his books were written in La Jolla on that home. Exactly, that, you know? yes. And and not enough San Diegans know that and appreciate that. I, only because he... You know, he was Dr. Seuss, you know, in book life, mm-hmm. and Ted Geisel, he was a very reclusive guy and, right. and didn't get much publicity, so uh, didn't do talk shows or anything like that. Yeah, it was, I, uh, when I got to know him, he was, he did the, um, uh, he was su- suddenly on the bestseller list, and he would go to book signings, and there would be 2,000 people in line. Wow. And he would not stop until, until every person got, had a signed book. Wow. How about that? Mm-hmm. Who knew that? Anyway, great story. my collection. Yeah, we'll be back with Even Mark. though the kids are grown. Yeah, we'll be back with Margaret McBride, literary agent and chair of La Jolla Playhouse Board of Trustees right after this. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Couldn't do the show without them. At the top of the list, UBS, Michael Caranta. Yes, Mike, we are confirmed for lunch on Wednesday. There, now I don't have to send you an email. Our favorite CPAs <laughs> on the planet. We love CPAs, so we got two groups of them. Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, a great CFO service company, as well as more traditional CPAs up in San Marcos. That would be Polito Epic CPAs. Also, Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Mechanics Bank with Sean Puckett, great niche market bank here in San Diego out of Orange County, serving wealthy families and families that own real estate enterprises. Also, if employee benefits are at the top of your mind, given what health care has become, it should be Hub International with Neil Staley. Also, my dear friend Tony Lombardi with LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, our great friend Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and he is also the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office. Geiger Law Office specializes in asset protection and estate planning, and of course, Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management, a great concierge service here in San Diego, helping those of us who have no time Get our most precious asset back. That would be our time. Or need VIP tickets or, to a movie premiere. <laughs> yeah, the hard, that was the hardest ticket to get in Los Angeles that night. So a big thank of, you to Michelle. Battle of, Battle of the Sexes. And her friend Rebecca East, who helped us out too. Again, elite lifestyle management. from The simple to the complex. If you don't have time to do it, they do. And they'll take care of it for you. And for all of our avid listeners who skip dinner just because they love our show so much. If you're hungry after the show, we can help you there too, right, Jeff? Right. There's the Very Good Food Foundation headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyric. They have a nice event coming up at uh, Farmer and Seahorse up there for her foundation and, and members and guests. And also um, Lestat's Coffee Houses, Normal Heights University Heights and Hillcrest, all open 24-7, 365, and uh, about to win some great awards that they win every year as well. And I think we're going to win some uh, later this month uh, for the f- sixth year running, right, Richard? That's the rumor. Yeah. I can't go to the dinner because <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife is getting her ankle repaired that yeah. day. But. All right. But we'll, we'll bring home the bacon and the loot and all that other cool. good stuff. You just uh, sign the check and we'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <right. laughs> 
So anyway, uh, a lot of these sponsors have been working with you, Richard, for, with great success for many years, right? Going on three decades. Yeah, yeah. That's so not years, that's decades. Yeah, so get over to uh, iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab, drop-down menu. You can learn about any or all of them and, and get their information, and they can help you in many, many ways. So uh, anyway, back to our guest, Margaret. Margaret, what year did you get to San Diego? 1977. By the way, your website, we should give that out, right? It's uh, McBride Liter- Literary? Literary? Literary.com, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You must get in you must well, get inundated you know, left so, and right, huh? Yeah, it's crazy. We get um, probably um, somewhere around 6,000 letters or emails uh, a year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't, I didn't want to write a book, and Joe made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad he did. Well, you know the story. He was Bobby Riggs, a scrapbook maker. He came out to be a 15-year-old kid putting together 2,500 pages of, of newspaper <laughs> clippings. I mean, there was some kind of recognition, for God's sakes. And, he did that or therapy. Yeah, that yeah. and both with Bobby Riggs, yeah, for exactly. God's sake. But uh, gosh, Mar- Margaret, your, one of your ma- big hits early on was Ken Blanchard. How'd you yeah. meet and Spencer Johnson, Dr. Johnson, the One Minute Manager? How'd you ever meet those guys and uh, whose idea was to do the book? Um, okay, well, um, Spen- I had a, a, through UCSD, I had a, uh, a course in um, publishing, writing, and um, Spencer came to that. Extension or something? Or? Yeah, it was okay. extension program. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so great. I, and so I brought in 17 of the top people in uh, New York. So it's like how to get your book published, right? Right, and okay. about, about with, you know, what to avoid, what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so each person who came to the, 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 the this session was, um, it was lasted four days, um, brought 10 pages so that the, you know, the editors could assess their like work. Like a sample. And mm-hmm. It was really, uh, really made a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Spencer was uh, one of the people there, and I, all, I knew about his value-tailed books for children. And so we had a meeting, and he showed me, he said, I have a s- 17 books, ideas, and here are the titles. and uh, And... So right in the middle of all of them was a one-minute manager. And I said, that's the one I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is really wild because uh, my co-author and I just printed uh, about 10,000 copies of a, a, a place here in San Diego. And, <laughs> Optimists. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Right. But they, they took all their life savings right. and put it oh into this gosh. book. Not a good idea, right? Well, how about, but that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a beauty. That's the beauty of mm-hmm. being young and not knowing. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I, I uh, Spencer was going to New York to celebrate his birthday, and I was going to New York, and I said, let's bring a box of your books. And how about, this, I had so much chutzpah in those days. <laughs> um, I called up all the top people in publishing, and I asked them to send a messenger over to my hotel to pick up this very special book. Mm. 
So <laughs> that's how it started. Then we ultimately had an auction, and it went to William Morrow. Hey, it's about positioning and packaging and marketing, <laughs> right? I mean, there's they a got big... My, they, everyone got me. The Charles Scribner um, told me later, because he wanted to buy it, it even mm-hmm. though his... Um, all his books were very literary. More academic, right? Well, no. You know, the F. Scott Fitzgerald, the Hemingway. Yeah. And so I said, tell me what you liked about it. He said, it's a perfect bathtub book. By the time the water gets cold, you finished it. A bathtub book. (laughs) Ah. In New York, you know, you only have so many New York seconds to read the One Minute Manager, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then we get the New York audience right away, I can imagine. I remember reading it. I think I bought it, so... uh, I went for it. Yeah, you and 20 million other 20 people. 20 million other people, that's right. <laughs> I read so, it, too. So all the one-minute books had totals up to 20 million people? Because he's written, done several other I, books. Uh, the one-minute manager sold um, about 16 or 17 million copies worldwide. Oh you know, my it's gosh. been translated into 36 languages. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, that's fantastic. Now, this new one with Cheech Marin. Oh, yeah. How'd you ever meet this guy? I, uh, <laughs> Cheech you and know, Chong fame, th- of course. You know, everyone has this preconceived idea what this book is going to be, and it's totally the opposite. Um, he is such a brilliant person. He, um, he majored, actually, in pottery. He was going to be an artist, mm-hmm. a sculptor. And, um, and it was just through a series of accidents that he ended up meeting Tommy Chong, and then they started goofing off together. Mm-hmm. And then little by little, they started appearing places. Yeah. And, but then when he started to make money, he started an art collection. Oh. And now he, he um, is one of the largest um, collectors of Chicano art in the world. He has, and his uh, books go on tour. I mean, as an art piece, I'm always... Um, as our peeps travel to museums all over the world. Let's, and have, a, let's have a big event at Chicano Park with all the murals. Let's do perfect, something. Perfect, yes. Know, we'll get Mario Torero involved. How and, how, and so he, he, go, and he goes to give art discussions to museums. Mm. And the beauty, beauty of that is that the museums say that it changes their audience, that he's mm-hmm. able to bring in people who have never been in a museum before, mm. and then they track, you know, because of credit cards, mm. that... When one person comes, then they come back and bring more people. Mm. So it's a beautiful thing that he wow. does. And um, one of my favorite stories in the book is when he was on um, Jeopardy, Celeb- uh, uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And he, um, the last two contestants were, it was um, uh, Cheech and... Anderson Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and he won. And, 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 and Cheech won. How about that? Because nice. when he was a kid, he and all his, you know, not, these were kids who would watch, um, like, remember the, col- the they call it the College Bowl? Or, oh, yeah, yeah. And they would have all these difficult, quick Academic, college. Yeah. And they used to try to beat each other with the answers. Wow. So he grew up with, with that. You know, instant, instant, and you have to give. Yeah. And he said all, all his friends used to get it before the college kids, and here they are, you know, in junior high. high. Wow, where'd he grow up? Uh, L.A. Wow, his father was that? a policeman. Yeah, we're going to talk about La Jolla playoffs. We come back with the chair of the board of trustees, Margaret McBride, their mm. agent. Right after this, hang on. <laughs>
All right, we're back with Margaret McBride, literary agent, chair of the Board of Trustees of La Jolla Playhouse, and we probably should talk about... But i got one more question before La Jolla Playhouse. Uh, in your spare time, what do you like to read that you actually enjoy reading? What, what's your favorite? Oh, I, I, ooh, I... You know, I love to read biographies, okay. and, I, uh, and I've read all the biographies of um, the, 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 my... Like Hemingway and mm-hmm. and I, and I re- I tried Walt, to read all their books. Walter too. Isaacson, you must like his stuff. Walter Isaacson, mm-hmm. cool. So, so he, he, but I, I I just love to I love a book to take me somewhere where I haven't been. Yeah, mm-hmm. you prefer nonfiction to fiction. I do yeah. actually. I really do. My mom's be- like that. Yeah, I do too. Does your mom read a lot, Richard? I bet she you, reads quite a bit. Yeah, I can imagine. But speaking of a great place to go to, how about the La Jolla Playhouse? Yes. La Jolla Playhouse is my passion. I've been on the board for 20 years. How about that? Um, my, actually, one of my clients, uh, Jean Jones, mm. who I, I, I sold, I've sold 30 of her 33 books. I know. And she, okay. yeah, yeah, so she got me interested in um, the Playhouse, and then I was asked to be on the board. And actually, the person at that time who was the creative director who interviewed me was Des McAnuff. <laughs> 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 and uh, when I was in his presence, I thought, oh, for sure he's going to say, no, let's because send her back home. Just to put a fine point on it, they didn't move to that location until about 85, right? When I, yeah, when I um, first joined, we were in trailers. Yeah. And... Um, so and, prior to 85, it was down in La Jolla, I think near La Jolla High School, right? It was kind of near where the oh, the, uh, the, the original the, playhouse. Right. Where the, the La Jolla High School pool is. I think they've knocked it down or something. That's where it, that's, that's, that's the, That was the original thing. Yeah. But um, uh, we, we made a deal with, or, or people then made a deal with uh, UCSD to, to use their campus. And mm-hmm. then we share the theaters with, right. the, with the drama department. And one of the things uh, that people in San Diego, I think they don't really know, is that we, we only have a specific time with a, with a, with a theater. Mm-hmm. And so then the drama department takes it over. So when people, yeah. a lot of people think, oh, if a play is good there, it'll last a while and I'll you know, get a ticket later. It's not. If yeah. you hear about a play, um, you better get a ticket right now. Like, for instance... Donna Summers doesn't open till November seventh, and the tickets are seventy percent sold, sold out. Wow! Yeah. Otherwise, you got to go to Broadway to see it, and you're going to pay a lot more for airfare and a ticket, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So is, it, is it true that more plays go from San Diego to New York than from any other city in the country? Um, yes. Okay. Um, the, the the level of professionalism in this town, throughout the arts, mm-hmm. is a plus. Yeah. The figure I saw is 29 plays from the Playhouse have gone to Broadway. I don't know. I yeah. can't speak for the Globe. Uh, exactly. You may know that number. I don't know. But uh, but the Hoya Playhouse, the what? fact that they've only been on that location since 85, and the Globe's been around uh, since, I guess, when did they open up in Balboa Park? 32 or 30, so? 1930-something. Something. Something. Yeah. Uh, uh, so... The, the La Jolla Playhouse is kind of a Johnny-come-lately, and right. to think that they've gotten all those great shows that have gone to Broadway. Well, we ha- like right now, we have five shows on Broadway. Come, <laughs> what come, come oh. from Away, okay. Junk, uh-huh. um, Escape to Margaritaville, was, uh, yeah. which is coming up there, yeah. um, and uh, uh, John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons, 
And, uh, and here's this. Jersey Boys, which closed on a Broadway on, in January, is now opening off-Broadway because the demand is so high yeah. for the show. They no, won't let it go. Won't <laughs> let it go. And also, it, they have five um, touring groups of Jersey Boys going all over the place. I wonder if Destin remembers this story, because when it first opened here in 04, I think I went to one of the first seven or eight shows and with a bunch of people and... After the first act, I mean, you're so blown away. It's like, you know, yeah. what can they do for an encore <laughs> after this? So I go up the stairs. He's sitting on the aisle, and I lean down. And I, I said, Des, there's a real problem with the show. And he got up. He goes, what? What is it? What's wrong? I said, it's too good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I said, it's going to yeah. hit the East Coast and run forever. And then, and then he right. laughed. But, but, God, you get so, uh, you know, emotionally uh, involved with your shows. I can imagine, oh, you know. I just, I just love them. Yeah. I see them. I go several times yeah. <laughs> but, but, but right now we have this uh, amazing festival going on it's going to be from October 9th to the 19th to the 21st it's downtown uh, and it's outside we call it it's without walls so yeah. we, we call it wow yes and um, it's for families so the act, actors and actresses putting on little mini plays like in elevators and cars and uh, all, all kinds of things. All, right? I mean, the, the, it's, it's, what it does is it opens up your imagination to uh, realize that there's no limit to your imagination. I, I heard there's going to be some construction crane art. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> it's, so, it's so amazing. Wow. Yes. And they're going to lift a house up in the air. Okay. And the, oh the, my God. the yeah, the, and the artist, um, uh, she, she, what the, the, the idea behind that is questioning home. What, when you call home, what does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to be very exciting. And I think that, and that's one of the free um, programs we have. And anyone who wants to find out more about the WOW Festival, um, our website is wowfestival.com. Dark dot org. Okay. And um, so um, get tickets to that. The kids are f- free. And they could find out through La Jolla Playhouse too, right? Uh, yes. Org as well. okay. Yeah, if they go on the La Jolla Playhouse website, they'll, be some they'll find. And so the tickets are really cheap. I mean, yeah. the, the most expensive one is $35. Wow. But, most, but a lot of free uh, events. Without and, walls. And the beauty of this is, do you know how many people have spent no time downtown right. in San Diego? Mm-hmm. Here's a fabulous opportunity to because I, ev- everyone who's part of this, they said San Diegans will never look at their town in the same way after they go to the WOW Festival. Hmm. How about that? So all these little um, theatrical events are going to be happening just downtown, not outside of... Uh, oh, yeah. It's uh, at the Children's Museum, San Diego Public Library, Horton Plaza... Bread and Salt at Logan Heights, Border X Brewing, Barrio Logan, and Art Power at UCSD in the new location they have downtown. Okay. So nothing nothing outside of San Diego City per se, like not La Jolla, not Pacific Beach. No, okay. it's downtown. Wow. We get to we get to visit our fabulous downtown and mm-hmm. really appreciate it in ways um, that we had that only that. tourists appreciate <laughs> <laughs> well that is that is cool so uh, we'll have to look that up and uh, I like to take some of that in Richard have you ever experienced anything like that not like no, that yeah. I've never seen construction crane art that's the fast out me when I saw that story it is so but the, you'll wow. see you'll see uh, puppeteers you'll see um, um, dancing and these uh, and uh, and the artists are they've come from all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, Berlin, Germany, um, 
and um, and the and the and the and the things that they offer. They have this one dance team who is doing almost acrobatic um, dances on a four by four stage. Hmm. <laughs> How about that? I mean, you, you... The circuit's coming to town, Richard. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, it's art. <laughs> art in, in, in a new way. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. So any uh, so the, new, the season coming upcoming this year, what else? Oh, uh, my God. You have so. to go. Okay. If you haven't bought a ticket to Donna Summers by now, you better move today because yeah. they're 70% sold out. Mm-hmm. And the show opens on previews on November 7th. Mm. And um, it is uh, also by De- directed by Des Mackinoff. He actually was involved in the writing. Donna Summers actually, after she saw Jersey Boys, went to Des to invite him to do her story. And so that's a great It's yeah. a be- beautiful yeah. one. When did she pass? It was like within the last couple, a couple of years, uh, four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that must be a fascinating life story that we get to see and, and appreciate it's beautiful. her music. Too. I mean, you can't listen to her music without wanting to move in your seat. Yeah. Well, that's the way it goes with Des Mac. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Anyway, thank you so much. Uh, we're coming up here. We only have a. You want to say uh, hi to your husband or kids or anything? Because we're about to wrap it here. Just say. Hi, Nevins. Hi, Kim. <laughs> Hi, Ellen. <laughs> Mark McBride, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you here. Chair of the Board of Trustees, La Jolla Playhouse, and notable literary agent. Uh, look her up online, folks, and send them an email. <laughs> Why not? And, and yeah, the 6, make it 6,001 request. Yeah, there Why you not? Go. <laughs> Richard Musio, great seeing you. Justin Hart, our board operator, happy birthday, and thank you for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff here at KFME for all their help. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com. And next week, it's Ken Kramer in About San Diego. Good night. See you next time.